In the church calendar year, we are continuing the season of Christmas. That 12 days of Christmas, made famous by partridges and such, is the, are the days that go from Christmas Day to Epiphany. It's the days after, despite some merchants advertising that have the days leading up to Christmas. And so, we get to keep celebrating Christmas this Sunday and next Sunday as well. We'll stretch it out a little beyond 12 days so that you don't have to come to church on uh, Monday night or something to celebrate the Feast of Epiphany. But what we have this day is one of the Christmas Gospels, one of the choices that we have for what to read on Christmas, this opening chapter of the Gospel of John. And it's one of the weirdest passages in the New Testament because here it is, a Gospel, Here it is, one of the most important sections of the Gospel of John, even though it's at the beginning, it sets the tone for everything else, and we don't know who's saying it. In all the other Gospels, whenever there's a big, long speech, so to speak, if there's a long poem or hymn or teaching, there's always a narrator identified, often Jesus, but sometimes it's Mary, sometimes it's Elizabeth, sometimes it's Simeon, sometimes you get my drift. But here is this unidentified narrative, solo, poem. And so we should pay very careful attention to it because the author of the Gospel of John felt that this was so important to communicate that all the rules of how a gospel should be written were going to be thrown out. That there would be this unknown speaker saying these amazing words. And as if we needed any more reminder that this was something special, something almost unique, it starts with the same verses as the Hebrew Scriptures, the the Old Testament starts, in the beginning. The very beginning of a Bible starts within the beginning, which refers to the creation, God creating everything. And that should tell us and can tell us what this thing is about, this opening chapter of John. And the primary point it's trying to give us is that Jesus was not created on December 25th, year zero, but rather Jesus Christ has been part of the one true God from before we can imagine, from the beginning that's even before the beginning. Because, as the Bible says, in the beginning, God. So God already exists then. And this passage is one of those places where we learn such important things about Christianity, about Judaism, about how to live, that it's almost easy to overlook, in part because it's the most boring Christmas story. No shepherds, no wise men. Instead, it's what's the meaning of Christmas? What's the meaning of Christ coming into the world and being born in the form of a human being, living among us for 30-odd years, dying and then being resurrected? What does this mean? It's not just about shepherds. It's not just about wise men. But instead, it's about how God has always been and God has always loved. 
It's a fairly simple equation that John will go through over and over through the Gospel of John. And yet clearly, if we look back at the history of Christianity, we can say over and over, we have completely forgotten that this basic teaching exists. Since we so often are willing to set aside what this says in order to further our own priorities, our our own interests for power or correctness or just being the rightest right person. And what this passage tells us is that we are getting off track whenever we head in that direction. Because God has always loved the human race. Jesus didn't open the door to that. Jesus' birth did not suddenly start something. Instead, that's a continuation of why God created the human race. That's, in part, what this John passage is about. This is to draw us into the cosmic nature of God's love. This is to draw us out of our own humanity into something even bigger so that we can stand on firm ground and say God has loved all of humanity for all of time. It wasn't just since Christianity started. It wasn't just since Jesus was born. Forever and ever and ever. That's one of the reasons why it's so painful to me when there are violent acts of anti-Semitism, like with the Hanukkah party stabbings this past weekend, because people are mistakenly thinking and justifying their own prejudices by saying, oh, God threw those folks out when Jesus was born. But no. This passage tells us that God has not tossed anyone out. And that instead, God continues to love all humanity and keeps trying to remind us that we are called to do the same thing. That even as God has always existed. Every aspect of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as Christians call it, so too all of humanity is one, united together, regardless of what faith we may speak of, regardless of speaking of no faith whatsoever within ourselves. We know when we read the first chapter of John that all of humanity is in this all together, that We are called back to the very beginning when we were created in the image of God, as Genesis says, and we're called into now, we're called into eternity in this energy of love, which is the energy that God uses to create and to sustain this fantastic world that God has given us to live in. And we are called to live similarly with a sense of the fantastic nature of just being alive, of being someone with the spark of God within ourselves, as all humans have, and getting to live out a life that, as many theologians have said through the centuries, angels themselves envy. Angels envy the human race because we get to taste and feel and see and discover God. Discover the ways in which God loves each one of us and all of us. That's one of the things we are called to remember through the Christmas season. That this is an amazing world. These are fantastic lives we get to live. And we only waste them if we seek 
to discover or build divisions between us. But if we, are, if we allow ourselves to let go of perhaps human nature to form our own tribe or whatever it might be, and instead seek how we are joined together through God, then we get to live lives that are miraculous, that are eye-opening, that are transcendent, and that really do change the world. Sometimes one relationship at a time, sometimes through a whole grand movement. All of that comes back to these words from the Gospel of John, who we don't know who wrote them. But they are filled, to use the term from this morning's Gospel, with grace and truth. The grace and truth that God has given us through Christ, through the prophets before, through the very creation. That God loves us. That God calls us to love everyone. Because God loves everyone. And that creation itself depends on the human race in order to survive and thrive. So if anyone ever asks what the meaning of Christmas is, it's about drawing us closer to God, the beautiful Christmas blessing of heaven and earth being joined. That's what it's about, not any technical fix of what our relationship with God is, but rather a great loving gift from God to us all, to all of humanity, so that we can see perhaps in a new way, perhaps for the first time, what's always been, which is God loves us so much that we are created by God to live lives of peace and miracles, to live lives of love and generosity, to live lives that are open to change and growth. Because like God, we are creative beings who are formed to love and create and, sp and spread hope. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.